Go ahead and hit the button. So, I mean, that's what the show is about. It's about vision and, and purpose and personal stuff too. Um, so we'll we'll have some we'll have some fun with it. We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you, or we were talking right there um, just about LinkedIn and and the profile and all that. Um, and before that, you were on a train of thought. You remember what your train of thought was? MQLs and how to how to gather how to get around them. That's right. MQLs and how to get around that. What do you mean by that? Can I be completely blunt? I hope so. I mean, that's that's the can you? Yeah, I can. They're BS. They're they're the legacy. They're the past. Yeah, I believe whole, that. I don't hear it talked about often. So, well, the whole concept of waterfall sales, the whole concept of opportunity MQL, SQL, twenty percent, forty percent, whatever, is still widely used. Literally, like ninety-five percent of companies are still sticking to that model. Uh, they just call it a different name. Hmm. They're trying to modernize the form without modernizing the substance. What do they call it now? Leads. Okay. Yeah. Very simple. Same, same thing. Absolutely. Same thing. It's one of the one of the, the those probably hundreds of cold emails and LinkedIn messages. Hey, we'll and help destroying you. Destroying businesses. Leads. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's the secret sauce, man? make yourself all right welcome in to vision pros live with jackson callum i'm your show host we will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there everybody what's up and welcome to another episode of vision pros live i'm your host jackson callum founder and CEO of First Class Business. I'm excited to have Nicola Korach on today. Nicola is based out of Dallas, Texas. I need to go visit him and say hi. I like that area. Um, and uh, I don't know if you all know this. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. If you're ever in town, don't hesitate to, to hit me up and see if I'm available for a game of pool or something. Um, so before I bring Nicola on stage, though, um, I want to make sure to talk about some of these sponsors. Uh, ColdClick is in a system that we use for LinkedIn automation. Um, it's all about uh, businesses is in large part about distributing your voice, getting in front of people. It's very important. How you do that is what determines whether you're successful, you're laughed off stage, people hate you, et cetera. Your messaging matters a lot. But cold click is the mechanical system that helps us with our LinkedIn automation and protects us as well from the algorithm changes that occur on LinkedIn of how, what's your threshold of people you can contact per day, for instance. Um, you wanna stay within the bounds. And honestly, if your messaging is good enough, then you shouldn't need to maximize it beyond what that system is capable of doing. That means you have to know what's attractive to your market and understand that you're reaching out to people who are likely strangers to who you are and what you do. Stranger danger is a very real thing. I think Nicola and I will talk a lot about that um, later in, in our conversation. Then there's Simply Fast websites, which I don't use, but because I don't need it. Um, if you want to get a new website, this is a platform where you can invest 179 bucks to get started. I wish I had known a uh, web developer or web designer. I'm sure they existed, but I interviewed at least 15 different agencies. And beyond that, I did research on probably 100 different agencies in addition to playing with Wix, Squarespace, Weebly back in the day, all sorts of stuff to get my websites established. The modern world's a beautiful thing. If you don't know how to, to tell ChatGPT, hey, just create me a website real fast, um, perfectly, um, then it might be a good idea to reach out to a company like this. 
But I just know that the, the if you're starting out brand new, you have so many things you need to be spending your budget on and you have so many things you need to be spending your time on that having a solution like this um, on your radar is certainly something that I would have loved to have um, if I were just starting out today. Before we dive in again, the cause that I want to talk about is the water project. Uh, the water project is an awesome opportunity to help people in the world who don't even have access to this, something we take for granted um, every single day. Um, I find myself, you know, getting, getting a glass of water. I don't think about it. I'm sure, I'm sure most of you don't either. And that's okay. But what if we took a moment to, to think about the people who just don't have access to that? And what if we had a cause or we could see the communities that are affected, contribute to it, and then see the posts of them receiving their water well or their sand dam that they create. I think it's a really cool opportunity to give back and know, uh, keep be updated on what's happening and, and how your money is being put to good use. And if you have another cause that you'd rather see us uh, promote or give to, just drop it in the comments. I'm happy to check it out. We've got 8 billion people in the world who need a lot of help. Most of them need a whole lot more help than, than I do in life. Um, and so it's important for me to take the opportunity and I think for you to take the opportunity to to give back. So um, with that said, uh, Nicola has a LinkedIn page. I'm going to reference just for a minute here. Um, let me dive over. There we are. Um, hey, look at that. We're live. I've never seen this before. That's cool. What's up, Nicola? <laughs> Good to see you. I don't know if he did that or if that's the light. That's cool. That's a, that's a fun feature. Way to, way to leave me speechless when I'm not supposed to be um, LinkedIn. So anyway, he's got a marketing background and we were just talking about his current uh, opportunity to work with Texas young professionals and being on the phone with Geekdom. Geekdom is the local startup community and um, rent an office space or the ability to go to this office and be part of the startup, greater startup community of San Antonio. I absolutely love it. And when I found out he's working with them and Texas Young Professionals, I got all the more excited about our conversation, which is going to be about making your marketing the quarterback of your sales team and, and how to go about doing that, why you should even consider doing that. And it's, a, it's going to be an awesome discussion. So without further ado, Nicola, thank you so much for joining us in Vision Pros Live. Hey, Jackson. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. And thank you for the great intro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you kind of blew my mind there talking about the, the Texas Young Professionals and what they're up to. I've I've uh, been around it uh, a few times, gotten to go to to a couple of small events, never really got fully integrated, um, partially excuses and partially because I'm a, I'm a dad of four children. Um, and that oh, keeps amazing. me pretty busy and outside of the city. But um, how did you get involved with Texas Young Professionals? Uh, I met like a year ago, I met the current president of uh of the network miss sarah doubt here in dallas uh i met her as a as a startup founder and she's a top and 40 under 40 correct yes she is in the on the private bankers i will definitely make that introduction i'm pretty sure you will have a chance to to talk with her that's um, awesome yeah, but that's how I that's how I uh, met her. Then we started talking. Then we switched to uh, Texas Young Professionals and what are they doing and how are they doing? And yeah, I kind of got pulled in. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So to quantify for the audience, visionaries that are listening in, who do you feel uh, should be listening in will benefit the most, and and why why should they listen to you? Uh, okay, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Who should listen? 
primarily this kind of conversation is a lot better and a lot easier to be applied in a small business and, and in the entrepreneurship world in general with the startup founders, with the small business owners. Yes, a lot of medium-sized companies can also benefit from it more in the indirect way they're doing, but they're a lot slower in introducing the change. That's exactly yeah. the reason why we will be talking about what we will be talking within next 45 minutes or so. Um, awesome. The, any, anyone who wants to understand why and how marketing has changed and why the old fashion of marketing that over 90% of companies are still doing just simply doesn't work. I mean, I would say 96% at least, because that's the, that's the failure rate of businesses yes. over a 10 year period. And so you've got this concept of that I loved. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. The marketing, making the marketing, the quarterback of your sales team is a good analogy because I often see sales team over here, marketing way over here, a wall in between, um, you know, and every once in a while notes are thrown back and forth across the way that, or, or bombs are thrown back and yeah, forth. When you got to blame someone for something. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, you know, in order to, to avoid the the politics and the conflict, you know, the leaders think they're supposed to keep those separate. And that's such a weird concept once you know how marketing works. So uh, let's let's talk about your vision for those that you serve. With that said, like, let me up with that. What What's your vision for those that you serve, knowing that that's the reality most of them face? Well, the... The, the general problem, the, the, when people start their own business, when people start their, their small business, their entrepreneurship, uh, their entrepreneurship journey, they know something. They're doing something and they're doing it great. Mm. And they want to do that for other people, right? That's how you usually start. You, you don't just come up with the idea, wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to do this. You do something, you become really good at something, then you want to start your own company and you want to do that for the others and make your living from that. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is how to build authority and how to realize and understand if there is a product market fit. How to get your product or service or whatever it is to the people in a way where they will say, okay, I want this. And not just I want this, I want this from that person, that company, that whatever it is. That's the challenge. The, the, the result, the revenue that we're generating, the revenue company is generating has to be a result, not the cause of doing business. Once we make it about awesome. a cause, we are changing the game completely. We're marketing differently. We're selling differently. And when you see a split, between those 96% of businesses that fail or amazing statistical data, uh, it is expected in this year that over 70% of salespeople will miss their target quotas. Mm. That's amazing. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were not, some of those people were in, were in sales for 10, 15, 20 years. So I don't think it's up to them. What changed, what really changed is the way how people want to buy, is the way how people interact with the vendors, how people interact with the companies, how they're looking for products. <coughs> and that's exactly what brings us a great, a great foundation for the conversation further on.
Interesting. Yeah, I. I mean, I like that. We're trying. What's that? I said that's the that's that makes us uh, that makes us a great a great foundation for the continuing this conversation. Why the way most companies are marketing their product doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I believe that too. I will. Uh, I'll push back on the sales data aspect just a little bit to provide you know a couple different perspectives on that for both of us. Um, mm -hmm. Over seventy percent of salespeople will miss their target quota. Um, you know, in marketing, the devil's always in the details, as are the the answers. And usually there isn't one. You usually have to go with the intuition on top of that. But, you know, one, I don't trust the quotas that most companies set. Um, and why? Well, you got you got people who set BHAG goals, big, hairy, audacious goals that are uh, very unlikely to be hit. You also have people who set SMART goals, the, the, the specific, measurable, actionable, relevant and timely. And you have people who have no idea how to set a goal. So they just throw a number on the board. Um, and so I think that regardless of the, the percent that exists there, you know, if I would rather have somebody, I'd rather have a 70% success rate um, than a 100% success rate with a crappy goal. Right. So there's, there's some nuances there to dive into. We can do, we can dive into those or we can just um, sum up with an overgeneralized statement that, when it comes to tracking performance metrics, businesses are notorious for yes. for not having great systems for figuring out what the heck they're aiming for. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. That's one of the core problems we were talking. We started, you, you mentioned silos. And I will just quote an, an, an amazing person I had. Uh, I had an honor to work with a long time. That was in 2005. I was I just started working for Microsoft Office back in Belgrade in Serbia I saw that. and I um, by literally by chance uh, I started working in Microsoft Belgrade on the same day when the founder of Microsoft Development Center Mr. Bodin Dreshevich started working in the same office and we we're having tables across oh, each yeah. other uh, I mean that guy's mm -hmm. sitting in Redmond right now and taking his helicopter to work. <laughs> uh, he he's amazing. He is a doctor of physics. Uh, he had over twenty patents implemented in in Microsoft and so on and so forth. But the thing is, they started. Uh, he was started building a Microsoft Development Center team, and they were bringing people from all over the world on the interview and the selection process, uh, and they were giving them. So we are talking 2005, 2006. They were giving them pen and paper. And I think it was three mathematical assignments to do over the course of four hours. And when they were preparing, I was sitting at the backstage when they were getting ready the, the assignments and when they were evaluating the assignments. And I realized they're pulling assignments from the Mathematica, Mathematics Olympics in like 70s and 80s. So those were literally problems that were not meant to be solved. Yeah. And I was like, okay, why do you do that? Why do you give them a task? Why do you give them an assignment that you know dang well, it's absolutely impossible to solve. They were never solved. It's like, uh -huh. you know, those people are sitting there, have their master's degree, their PhD uh, in math, in physics. They were talking at that time, they were talking about uh, handwriting recognition and math formula recognition for the the pdas and tablet devices uh -huh. uh, and he said i don't want to have out of 50 people in that room i don't want to give them easy assignments where i will have 50 people that have a 100 score mm. i want to see how they think 
and I want to see the direction they will take and how far along can they take. Yeah. This is the only way that I can actually fairly grade their effort and their thinking. That's how I can make and really select the best out of them. Well uh, said. That was a great lesson for me. And that applies Absolutely. to what we started talking about for the companies and how we set the metrics. Yep. Usually, I, I repeat this all the time. Hope is not a strategy. I saw that on the site too. I thought that was a very well, it's not a strategy. It's an important virtue, but it's not a strategy. Exactly. Hope is super important, but it's not a strategy. When you're founding your small business, when you're founding your startup, you're pushed, and that's a whole different game, but mm -hmm. by the VC and angel networks, you're pushed into the expectations that say, oh, you got to make 5 million revenue within so many months or so many years in order to get there. So they, what they do, what the founder does, okay, I'm a founder. I'm not a sales guy. I don't really know that. I never really worked on the quota, but I know I got to make 2 million. Okay, so I will do the calculation mm -hmm. and I will say I need 100,000 users for that. I have some money there on the for the sales. I'll, I'll hire one sales guy on the sales team and I'll say, okay, guys, these are your quotas. One or two or three of you have to make 2 million next year. There you go. This is the marketing agency that will assist you with that. You get the retainer agreement or two, three, four thousand wow. a month with the marketing agency, and you think your problem is solved. You sit back and wait. After a couple of months, there is no results. You start getting onto the marketing team, getting onto the sales team. Sales team says, Well, we don't have leads. So what do you do? You hire the lead gen agency, right? Right. They start throwing some meetings you realize that the average closure on those opportunities, so-called leads, quote unquote, that you get is like 0.01%. <laughs> and you realize it's just a waste of time. Um, that's and usually those silences we were talking about between marketing and sales, that's where the problem is. That's why the quotas are not realistic. I'm coming from the sales background. Mm -hmm. I have spent most of my career as a salesperson, as a sales director, sales and marketing director, later as a later on in the corporate world in my previous career as a CEO of the company. Um, I, I've learned that the hard way. I was setting my team's target based on the board expectation to grow 20% next year. So you just go with the flow and you hope that you will figure it out somehow throughout the year. That's right. So Nicola, what's your vision for you? I, I like the educational part of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. What personally drives me um, is to change, to help people understand and implement the knowledge in their businesses and then run along with it. I like to see the nice. result. The reason why I stepped out from corporate world into the consultancy agency, however you want to call it right now, um, is exactly that. That's what I love doing. I love talking with business owners. I love talking with sales and marketing directors. And I love to see how what we're doing changes the landscape and makes those businesses grow. Absolutely. 
I would call that the the E myth approach. Um, you yes. know, whether you whether you, okay, sounds like you're familiar with it, and that's important to me. I, that's one of my favorite business books. Um, is you know he's he's actually showcasing something that many entrepreneurs then want. They want to <clears throat> they want to stop delegating by abdication, meaning they want to stop giving out assignments irresponsibly without thinking about it. But I still don't see enough entrepreneurs making the shift to spend quality time with the executives who are supposed to be guiding them. They spend a little time saying, hey, Nicola, I want you to do this and I want you to do it this way. And I want you to just shut your mouth, um, you know, and, and, and go do what I asked you to do. And I know we will win. That is, yep. that is not how you win with working with executives. So let's shift gears a little bit further too. maybe on that same token, maybe not. You're welcome to to take this either direction. But what's your worst leadership experience where ever? I was in the role of a leader? Your call. It can be what you did or it can be something you experienced or watched. Uh, there is plenty of those. I, I, I've been in sure. this sales and marketing business for nearly 20 years. So there is a ton of that. But usually it's coming from I'm not going to I'm not going to put names out of the companies out there. Uh, but it's one of my last experiences in in Belgrade before I moved before I moved permanently to the US where the ownership was so misaligned and I was that, that was in largely my fault. Uh, I was the CEO of a small small business small business system integration company and I just couldn't and that that's I was experienced enough and I would say I learned a valuable lesson of when is the time to walk away and to cut the cord say nope it's not working. Uh, misalignment between board and the ownership of the company with the actual direction and strategy is not something you can correct on the go. Right. Hmm. Uh, it brings me, it bring, it brought me a great experience and a great lesson that I'm applying since then. I'm applying it nowadays. Not every client that wants to work with me is the right client. Right. Product market fit goes in opposite directions too. There is a market product fit or a market service fit. Hmm. And that is the first thing since then in every leadership or consulting, which is kind of like extended leadership position. Um, I do a lot of coaching and CEO advisory and consulting. Um, that is one of the things I always pay a lot of attention to. How is the CEO of the company? reacting to what we're talking about is there the willingness to change things and is there support from the board or from the owner or whatever to implement that change that's huge that's why it's a lot easier to do this business with small business owners and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. because you have the responsible person and the owner and the board all in one person you just sparked some like incredible passion within me um, I, if you don't, if you don't mind, I've got to yeah. get this. Have you read the five dysfunctions of a team? You ever read no, that? It's a very no, rare book. It's again, right up there. I was very fortunate. I read it right after the e-myth, listen to it on audio because it's way easier to listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, it is so good, but this executive comes in and you know, she, she comes in with the intent of listening for several weeks. And so everybody's kind of antsy, you know, and kind of judging her. You know, does she really know what she's doing? She hasn't done anything yet. She's just sitting there and watching all this stuff play out, not making any moves. And it's the best leadership, like 
thing that you can do. You have to be empowered, though, by a board, too, that respects that. You have to be empowered by a team. So as I'm thinking about what you're talking about, which reminds me, I can tell that you learned that lesson as a CEO. You said we cannot, you know, can't just jump in and do it on the fly. There's there's a lot of thought process and there's there's a whole lot that goes into that that we oversimplify. But where that led me to, Nicola, was remembering, wait a second. I talk about the 96% of businesses that fail mm-hmm. often. But the assumption I think some people make is that on the 4%, the 4% are ultra successful. No, they're not. 4% survive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They survive. The percentage of ones who are actually successful and awesome out of that is even is, is far smaller. Um, so it, we, we, as a, we as owners... CEOs, like you talk, we got to take ownership of what we don't understand and don't know, move into that territory of the unknown and, and seek counsel from people who, who have found success in their different departments. And that's, again, why I'm excited to have, but you, you just sparked that in me. And I was like, wow, I need to be more vocal about that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Before we go into the best leadership experience ever that you've had, what? That's the, uh, the thing about the, the, um, business owners in general uh, is the the readiness for change and to learn you cannot and that is literally that's one of my that's one of my key questions when i'm talking with the with the prospective client Um, the ceo the owner of the company has to understand their sales process and their marketing process Yes. It's non-negotiable. If he right. doesn't want to understand that, there is no way his marketing team is going to perform well or his sales results are going to be the way they're supposed to be. I will say, unless you choose to take the uh, the, the silent investor role, mm-hmm. but shut your mouth and get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. If no, you're not going to understand it. Silent investor role, right? yeah, fine. But if you are in the actual execution, if you're running the company, if you are doing that you have to understand how people freaking buy from you because it doesn't affect only your revenue it affects your product development it affects your customer care who are the people in the company one of the breakthroughs for me how many ceos absolutely ignore the people who know the most about their client problems Oh, geez. That's such a sad, that's a hard question. Who is the best client expert in your company, in any company? Customer care, customer success. They don't read brochures. They hear problems. They know what's actually bothering your clients. Why marketing fails when in silos? Again, just common sense, just pure logic. Because marketing never talks with the client. How often do you see marketing manager reaching out to a sales executive and saying, okay, I want to go on one of your sales meetings? Simple. It's super simple. Marketing. So the, the even if they want to, though, even if they want to, and I think this is part of the problem, right? Absolutely. What does that salesperson how do they, how would they react to that? Yeah, I don't want to take you with me. You're just some office guy. You're some nerd who's sitting designing some brochures, designing some, I don't know, graphics. 
whatever, posting something on social media. I don't. And you're going to tell the boss I suck at selling and I'm going to lose my job. And like, no, the, the political self-driven motivations, right? I mean, they're there. They're natural if you don't incubate a, and foster, a, a you know, cultivate. Mm -hmm. a, a How about, approach. but that's the thing. How about if you empower your marketing person to actually support that salesperson on that sales meeting? Yeah. The, 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 the marketing people, that's one of the reasons why marketing usually sucks. Marketing people are disconnected from the market. Sounds crazy, but it's a fact. Marketing agencies that work with the clients, in most cases, they just provide some random generic content. They provide social media posts. They provide... SEO strategy based on the internet research without ever really meeting the end user. Yeah. Get down in All the trenches. Right. Get out. Marketing is not a passive, geeky role of designer behind the computer screen. Absolutely. And and here's here's another point to, to validate what you're talking about. I'm I am so bought into this idea of the marketing being the quarterback of the sales team in 99. Well, I shouldn't say 99 in 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 a lot of environments. And, and here's why. Um, again, most most companies aren't paying attention to their org board. They don't have a great chain of command of of who's in charge of what. And that isolation means that they're not actuating as a fundamental department. I believe that typically the sales team belongs either in the the chief marketing officer's department mm -hmm. or they belong in the chief operating <laughs> officer's department those are the two most common scenarios because if you have a system and a company built primarily around operations then usually the sales team needs to be super close to the guidance of the operations team on the flip side, if you're a marketing agency, for instance, your sales team needs to be interacting with your, your chief marketing officer at all times because they're trying to sell marketing and it should be very in line with, with what you do, not, not fragmented. But when you talk about this quarterback example um, and, the, and the marketer, the marketing being the quarterback of the sales team, what do you mean by that? Talk us through that. I mean, the sales team is the, the sales guy, the sales executive. Uh, is the is is your receiver is your wide receiver he's the one mm. who's catching the ball scoring that touchdown right yep he can be so now imagine in a world where marketing works disconnected from the sales is in silo is some random agency that is just doing what they're supposed to do and taking care of i don't know trade show booths uh yep. oh dude that's the worst though as a sales guy you show up to the trade show booth to help out and you got no collateral and materials because marketing didn't help. And now you, you, you don't know what to do. So translate it into football example. Yeah. Now imagine your wide receiver going all the way back to get the ball. And then he needs to score the touchdown. What does he need to do to score the touchdown? He needs to run across the whole freaking field. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. I mean, that, that's not going to happen. He will get blocked somewhere on that way. Mm -hmm. Some amazing, great, or just a lucky uh, one will made it and score the goal. But when you yeah. have disconnected sales and marketing teams, you're literally, it's literally like playing a football game where you're forcing your wide receivers 
to go all the way back to get the, the ball and then score. Right. They act like the running back. I, I love the analogy, um, you know, because and I hadn't thought about it that in depth. I, I was just thinking in terms of, you know, making the decisions on the field. But you're right. They, you know, that's that's I love the analogy further when you say that the the sales team is the wide receiver because you can accomplish more further. But you, you have to be given the ball and you have, yeah, you have to be given the right cool. object in order to take it to that particular end zone. So it's a it's a very it's a very good analogy that entrepreneurs should be paying attention to and thinking, okay, in my business, how does it apply? Right. What is the ball what is that, it? that the salesperson needs and how do we get it to them effectively so that they have the easiest path possible to score the touchdown? Well, guess what's the first step in every consulting, marketing, whatever the first step in every uh, client's journey when we start working together. What's that? Rolling backwards. Who mm -hmm. are their best, best clients? Who are the people that love, absolutely love to buy from them, excluding friends and family? Smart. And then why the heck do they like buying from that company? Why are they buying your service? Why are they buying your product? What do they want? Who are the competitors? How did, why would they pick out your product? That's the thing. You're talking about marketing research. Um, That's you know, it. We, we got to the research. And I but refer out there on the field. The slingshot effect. Right? You, you go back before you let go and, and you go further. So um, what would you say your best leadership experience is? Shifting gears a little bit. We'll come back to that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here I will I will definitely call names. Um, there is a company in Belgrade called Algotech. Uh, system in one of the biggest system integrators in the customer care and contact center world in Southeast Europe. Um, I worked for I worked there for in two two times. I worked in two thousand eight, and I came back in at the beginning of twenty seventeen as a sales and marketing director. The best coordinated sales and marketing team I ever had. The energy, the way how we build that team that <laughs> reflected into results within a short period of time, like literally we had a 20% revenue growth uh, in the first year. And we maintained 20, and we we're talking about that Algotech is like 60-ish people business. So not a, definitely not a small business for Southeast Europe okay. terms. Uh, getting a 20% growth was pretty dang good. The energy of the team, the team buildings, the way how we interacted with clients that we literally had, and we were mostly working with uh, mid-market and enterprise companies. Mm -hmm. We literally get to the point that clients, IT directors, customer care directors wanted to work with us because of the energy and experience. Experience not as an experienced team, experience as how we handle the projects, the implementations, the mm -hmm. client result. Yeah. That that's ultimately the best one. That's awesome. Like that's number one on top of that list. Okay. Um, what what made that leader what made him stand out beyond the result? What was what were some of the attributes that led to that type of result? Uh, the team cohesion. The team energy. You know, when you have 
it it literally felt uh like i don't know chicago bulls in the 90s with jordan yeah that was the feeling you know you're getting in the game and you know you're winning that game and that brings a huge moral boost that brings you you develop young people yeah. who step into that team and i i still i'm still in touch with with a couple of people who who started there as interns uh they developed amazing careers now 10 years six seven years later they grew they developed it was the team cohesion it was i i can say it was uh, a little bit on the luck side sure who were the people in that team but the way how we clicked all together me as a as a as a manager of that team as a coach of that team that's how i would use it against sports analogy and the players that were on that team that was uh, that that was literal i was there for like two and a half three years something like that that was amazing awesome that's all that's a good really feeling. really a life-changing really a life that, that's one of those experiences where you say i want to create this again i want to do this again i want that to make it happen sense. That's awesome, man. Let's say that this was uh, your last your last chance to share something of super value with us, um, you know, with an audience. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience? Use common sense. Think about your buyers. Think about how your buyers want to buy. If you don't know how your buyers want to buy, put yourself in the role of a buyer. How are you buying every day? That's where your marketing journey starts. That's where your marketing strategy starts. If you are not accepting meetings through cold calls, yeah, I don't think your prospects will. If you're not responding to cold emails, stop sending cold emails with the invitation to book a meeting. Right. What do you respond to? Start from yourself. Start from your buyers and see how they want to think, how they want to buy things. Meet them where they are. Don't try to push them. We cannot convince anyone in anything. Well said. That is that is some very good self-awareness advice. Um, what feels like common sense to you is what you're going to want to gravitate towards. And usually, Nicola, to back you up on that, the, the more polarizing... Like if we go with an experience that we're not aligned with, that relationship is likely to become highly explosive yeah. down the road, even if it doesn't start there. So I think that's super wise. Um, the uh, the rest of the time that we have together, um, you know, we can dive deeper into marketing and sales. In fact, I'd like to. And in fact, your business name um, is is Downstream Consulting, correct? Yes. We'll pull that up a little bit while we talk. Um, there's some pages that, that Cynthia will be helping us uh, pull up while we while we discuss this. But tell me about your brand and what you do, uh, like, like how you go about driving results for businesses. Well, the, um, it started it started with um, again it started with going um, downstream instead of upstream. Stop chasing leads. I love that that opening line. Sorry, go ahead. But I just well, yeah, that, I know people the, are listening. They're not seeing and. That's a big that's a big statement and it's an important one for most people to hear. Stop chasing leads. Go ahead. Yeah, stop chasing anyone. <laughs> right. Stop chasing people don't like to be chased. 
No, don't. <laughs> I mean, the, the soul, the, one of the reasons, and, and, and I always had a problem with that term. I mean, I, I'm an introvert myself. I'm not the type of person. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade. Mm-hmm. I have a master's degree in applied statistics. I'm not an extrovert salesperson. I'm not the guy who's going to go out there and meet 20 people and network everywhere with, with anyone. Uh, and that's pretty much what drove me to, to this concept. I did not recognize and articulate it in a way I did until a couple of years ago. Uh, but when I rolled back, that's, that's how I came to this. And that's why I sat downstream. I, I never liked convincing people. I was never a type of a sales guy who can sell ice to Eskimos. Mm. And that's not, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. If it's not... Uh, a good a good thing for a client then it's not no it's not um so that's that's how i came up and when i was thinking through the the when i was going through the ideation stage for downstream uh, i came up with a name um because i wanted people to understand that it has to flow that it has to just go you have to get into the stream and let your business flow and then guide it and steer it the way you want it. If you're going upstream, you're trying to pedal, you're trying to push, the harder you push, the harder it gets. Nope, not a good way to go. Yeah. Uh, that's where uh, that's where the, the, the stop chasing leads. Stop chasing anything. The term for uh, how, how often do you hear, even in the job ads, People asking for a hunter-type sales guy. Mm. Okay. I had a post on LinkedIn (laughs) recently uh, about... So, okay. If a sales guy is a hunter, does that mean that the client is a prey? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be the prey? Do you want to feel that someone is hunting you? I don't. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I mean, okay, that goes. So why the heck are we trying to find someone and we are identifying the role of a salesperson as a hunter if we don't want our prospects to feel like a prey? How about we build some authority on the market? How about we talk like me and you are talking now? Yeah. Why is my product or service good? It's simple. There is a there is a reason. What is the reason why you started doing what are you doing? What is your motivator? How about you use that as a sales strategy, as your revenue generating strategy? That's what How we're all about. about. Make it into one one well oiled engine that is led by a CEO. Build a CEO authority. Build a personal brand. Get your message out there. Don't just do. A lot of brands, especially a lot of startups, are mostly focusing on their product marketing. My product is the best because the feature is this and this. My product is the best. And here is an example of a consulting company that made 100,000 revenue, blah, 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 blah. Even if they hit the benefit right, though, Nicola, so did 100,000 other competitors. So why you versus them? Exactly. And that is the scariest thing to face uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs. And so I, I love that, you know, in, I mean, granted, that's why we call this Vision Pros. 
um, right? Because we understand the value and the importance of the vision on the front end. But I remember I was working with a, and I, and I won't name her, of course, but um, I was working with a therapist and the unique selling proposition that they came up with was I change people's lives. Um, and one of the most dramatic, scary realizations for her was when I said, how many other therapists in, in your city alone will say the feel same. that their unique selling proposition is I change people's lives and the look of sheer horror and panic on this woman's face. I'll never forget. Um, and the, the feeling of inadequacy, which was really sad because she wasn't, you know, it, but she was it thinking, wasn't unique. It was an important aspect, but it, it was nothing unique about it. Go ahead. She was, was thinking that she's coming up with something that is ballsy, that is bold, that is provocative. Yes. And the she's feeling is, the need to wear the chief marketing officer hat. Yeah. Take the hat off. Be a therapist. Um, you know, allow people to help you in the things you don't understand. It's not your job to understand it fully. That's, it's not your job to figure out how to do it. It should be you should what, understand it. Exactly. Don't try, don't support. try to wear the hat that doesn't fit you. People yeah. want to work with you. People will hear your message if you're acting like a therapist. They don't want to work with someone who is wearing CMO hat and saying, I'm a therapist. Right. What are you? You're not a CMO. And I have strong doubts that you're even a therapist. Right. And I mean, you bring up such great points with that. The leadership, you know, when you're wearing all the hats, people can see it and they can feel it. And then they're going to know that you don't have the capacity to help them at the same level as a therapist who's actually built a structured organization where they don't need constant therapy for their own challenges because they don't have any order in their life. Sorry. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the case of there is, the solo way, there is another thing. There is another thing that I would challenge in that marketing concept that? of uh, is do people really want their life changed? Depends on the person, I guess. Imagine exactly, but imagine putting that as your leading sales pitch. I will change your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Imagine getting in a meeting. Now let's in in a in a therapist role. It's kind of hard to relate, but let let's put it in a corporate, a little bit more safer uh, surrounding. Right. So let's say a corporate surrounding, and we're selling consulting services, which kind of can be can relate to being a therapist. Uh, so you get in front of the CEO, you come to the CEO and you're leading sales pitch. I will change the way your company works. Right. Exactly. Dag, you're out of that office. Who are you to do that? Right. Exactly. You know, Crossed like most people, most people don't want Jesus to change their life, um, you know, or, or Muhammad or anything. So when you're coming up with that type of phrase and idea, that is scary because I don't want to put my hands my hands. I don't have my life into your hands. I don't know you well enough to, to make that type of a commitment. I'm not going to let my mom change my life. Um, you know, like it's, it's my life to run. So what, well said, man, this was so awesome. I look forward to having you back someday, Nicola. I think we could probably I do some it. type of event on marketing, um, and really dive into some mechanical details of like, if, you know, structure, what, what can people do to apply these concepts even further? But if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Email, LinkedIn, phone. There is all possible. There is all possible networks, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I respond to my emails. I actually read my emails. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Well, it's been great to have you today on the show. Vision Pros, those of you who are listening, if you would love to share your own vision, um, start a debate, something similar about vision, feel free to apply for the show. We'd, we'd be happy to consider bringing you on. And uh, if you want to connect with Nicola or myself, you can also drop a comment, um, a comment or a question. If you have feedback for us too, things that we can be doing better, we, we would love the feedback. We're all about serving as many people as possible with this, uh, making sure we're providing the right type of value. Likes, comments, subscribers, all that's super helpful too. Hope everybody has a fantastic day and a wonderful Thanksgiving as well. Nicola, thank you for being my honored guest, man. This thank you, awesome. Jackson. Thank you. Thank for you her. for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention.